thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. This morning, Texas Bible College came and led us in worship. And oh, what an incredible group of young people that was in that group, 10 of them. We didn't introduce them. We just said, y'all get up on the stage and sing. They took off singing, and they led us into the presence of the Lord. And we're so thankful for that. And tonight, we are blessed to have Jamie and Courtney Seaton visiting with us as well. We we knew when the weekend would uh, have a little attendance challenge and the music would be a little different, we... We figured, let's give some thought to this and approach this creatively. And uh, we tried to have several uh, that we have been trying to get, and we couldn't seem to make that happen. But when I got word that Brother Seton was in the area and available, that just, it just felt right to me. And so uh, I know that tonight, no doubt, we will have a word that's fitly spoken from the Lord, and we will hear exactly what we need to hear. And I've learned this too. I've learned this too. Usually, the ones that need it are the ones that's there. God knows how to do that stuff, and He does it so good. Amen. And so I'm happy tonight to have Brother Jamie Seaton. I've watched this young man grow up to where now he's like a real man now, a whole man. And, um, Maybe he's a whole man, but I'm so thankful that he's here. He means much to me. I love his family. And so thankful that you're here. Come on up. And then his dear, precious wife, Courtney, is here as well. And you talk about watching a child grow up into maybe a young lady, a young mother. I don't want to say a full woman, but I just, I just want to say just a beautiful, beautiful lady. And uh, Courtney as well, you mean much to us and your family. In the years of friendship. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud. Thankful that y'all can be with us. Uh, Brother Jamie's been invited to serve on a team to go to Nuremberg, Germany here in a few days. I told him before service, we're going to invest in that trip. They have some Trinitarian pastors that are coming and, and locking with the uh, United Pentecostal Church, and they are going to conduct a training seminar and be there for several, several days. And I told him we want to be a part uh, of that uh, of that venture, and we're going we're gonna to do that. So I just want you kids to know, that's the wrong word. I'm, I'm speaking like a grandfather. I want this couple to know I love you. And thank you so much for being here tonight. Would you come preach for us, Brother Seaton? Amen. Well, he said all that I needed to say, preliminary-wise. Feel the presence of the Lord here this evening. I do believe that there are no accidents with God. That God is intentional and purposeful. And uh, it may not make sense to us, but we've got to understand we're serving a sovereign God. And we don't have all of the understanding. But if we could just understand that He does. Things are going to get so much better for us. 
Say, God, here it is. I give it to you. I lay it out for you. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are far beyond my thoughts. Amen. It is an honor to be here with uh, Bishop and Sister Smith and then Pastor Trent and Sister Kayla, one of my good friends. I remember the first time. You can go ahead and be seated. I remember one of the first times I came. And uh, I was here with uh, Josh Youngblood and Jeff Youngblood, and we came to visit Trent and have a good time with him. We played some softball over in Porter and got real tired, and then we showed up for church here, and Brother Smith asked me to testify, and I got up in here, and I I did the best I could. Uh, I didn't really feel like I did that good, but I remember a little social media site called Everyone's Connected. That was powerful dating website, and uh, I thought it was real. <laughs> and I remember getting on there and seeing my good friend, Brother Trent, had tagged me or posted on there. He said, my word, my boy can preach. And so I appreciate that, and I've held on to that all these years. And I was like, man, if Trent thinks I can preach, then I guess I'll preach. <laughs> Have mercy. All right, go ahead and get your exercise again. You may stand with me. This is probably going to happen a few times during the service. But I want you, first of all, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, he's going to preach to you. And now I want you to point at yourself and say, he's preaching to me. If you have your Bibles with you, 2 Kings chapter 7. Beginning at verse 3, and they have them on the screen as well for you. Second Kings chapter 7 and verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? There was a famine in the land and they were extremely hungry. They desired something to eat. If we say we will enter into the city, verse 4, then the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall under the host of the Syrians. This is a camp right outside that has the city surrounded where no food can come in for them to eat. But they said, let us go to the camp of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. They weren't the brightest people. They were hungry. And if they kill us, we shall die. Profound. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Verse 8. After finding what they needed, and when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And come again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. They were finding what they needed. Verse 9, where a great revelation comes over them and what I want to preach on tonight. Then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, 
that we may go and tell the king's household. I want to preach for a few moments this evening, if you will allow me. I want to preach on this thought, standing between the Lord and the lost. Standing between the Lord and the lost. And I understand that you have come through a week of sacrifice and you have poured yourself out in giving uh, this morning. But I come uh, with a declaration here this evening, an unction in my spirit uh, from the Holy Ghost uh, to let you know your position in this hour. Uh, You might have given in the sacrifice, you might have participated, but now God uh, is preparing you and getting you in position uh, for something so much greater uh, than you could have ever uh, imagined. You are now getting yourself in position to do the Lord's work in this hour. Would you lift your hands? Would you lift your voices right now? Would you pray and ask for the anointing of God to move through this sanctuary in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, have your way right now, Lord. We pray, we come together. You said where two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst of them. You said if we agree as touching any one thing, it shall be. We believe, we stand firmly on your word here tonight, God. Let your word not return void, but let it penetrate every heart and every mind. Do your work here tonight, in this day, in this hour. In this moment, in every individual, we pray right now, God, have your way in the name of Jesus. Would you give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. It was in this moment that these four leprous men, outcasts of the community, began to grasp the need and the necessity for more. We understand that in our lives because I don't want to be overtaken by complacency. I need a desire fresh in my soul and in my spirit. God, I long for you as the deer pants after the water brook. So does my soul after thee, O God. I need more and more of him. But what I do with what I receive, my response to the reception that he gives to me is greatly, it matters. It was in May of this year, and it's going to sound like we travel the world and we have been blessed to partake in other mission trips, but we celebrated 10 years of marriage this year I graduated also with my master's degree and it just felt like it was a good time to leave the country so we scheduled a trip overseas in May to Germany beautiful country I grew up there my dad was in the army we lived there six years I've seen lots of parts of Germany and I've fallen in love with the country and the people of Germany With the opportunity to go back next month, when the door opened, I said, yes, I'll jump on it. I'll I'll make a way. I, I don't know how, but I'll make a way. But being there in May, I was preaching in a church in Lahnstuhl, Germany. 
And I felt a prophetic word come over me from behind the pulpit. And I began to speak that prophetic word that the adversity and the opposition that you have faced, you can go ahead and count it. It's gone. And it's not going to be troubling you any longer. This city is now yours for the taking. My wife, amazed and astounded because as we've been married 10 years, she had never heard me preach or speak a prophetic word. I've worked many times in the pathetic, but never in the prophetic. That was free. But I felt that unction in my spirit begin to rise in that moment as the Holy Ghost began to move through that sanctuary and God began to deal with people knowing what they were facing and the rituals and the traditions and the customs of the country and soon after that doors opening as I'll be in Nuremberg, Germany next month where an entire Trinitarian church said we got to know about this one God. We've been serving three gods but we have an understanding now there's only one God can you teach us and tell us more the opposition and the adversity and it's the same here in Conroe that I feel here tonight in my spirit that same opposition and that adversity you won't have to worry about it any longer for God when you come in with faith God begins to destroy walls begins to tear down the opposition and the adversity that's what God can do we were a year a year and a half ago we were able to travel to the country of Turkey we were with missionaries there and they doing a great work starting several churches in the area we were there with a group of people we were baptizing nine in the name of Jesus in in an apartment while a call of prayer was going out in Islam The Holy Ghost moved in that room while we were baptizing them. And my wife began to speak in an unknown tongue to us. But there was a man standing next to her that began to tremble at what she was saying. And when she finished, he translated. He said she just spoke in Persian and said the world will know who I am. I'm telling you, there's a God that's trying to reveal Himself in this hour. There's a God that's trying to wake this nation up and wake the world up and wake your city up and wake your church up. It's not the hour to sit by and become complacent, but it is now high time to wake up out of your sleep and out of your slumber and get yourself in position. God, I want to be standing. Standing between you and the lost. Jesus told his disciples, I've got to go through Samaria. It didn't make sense to them, but Jesus had a purpose and he had a passion and he had a plan. It didn't make sense to the disciples and they didn't understand why. But he said, there's going to be a woman that I'm going to meet at a well and I'm going to reveal myself to her and I'm going to let her know about her past, but I'm going to make a way for her future where she don't have to be... 
Brother Trent shared that card with me where no one has a past, but everyone has a future right here in Conroe United Pentecostal Church. Oh, Jesus showed up at the well, and I know what you used to be, and I know what you used to do, but from this day forth, you don't have to be that same person. And he showed his disciples. He laid out the blueprint. He said, I want you to go tell the world. I send you out as sheep among wolves. You're going to tell them about life and hope and peace everlasting. He laid out the blueprint for us. It was no secret why he came. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He said, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That is my purpose and that is my plan. This great God that showed himself, that robed himself in flesh, said, I'm going to go to this cross and I'm going to pour out my blood because I want whosoever will to come to Calvary and find redemption and restoration. It might be you here tonight. You've been looking for redemption and restoration. I'm telling you the last song they sang, Oh, come to the altar. Oh, go ahead and come to the cross where His blood can pour out and flow over you. I'm talking about a God that gives life everlasting. This God. Peter and John in Acts 4 and 20 spoke these words that serve as a powerful resource for us in this hour after raising the lame man up to his feet and standing before a council being questioned. Peter and John gave this answer and this response. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I can't tell you. I I can't tell you just something else. I have to tell you about what I've seen and what I've heard. I've got to let you know that my life is a testimony before you. You see, Peter, he had seen a lot. He walked on water. At this point, he had already preached the day of Pentecost. But he also denied Jesus three times. And Jesus came back and he said, go tell my disciples. And Peter, Peter understood about redemption and restoration. He understood about mercy and grace. I cannot but speak the things which I have seen and heard. Let me tell you about a God that is excellent in mercy and goodness and grace. Standing between the Lord and the lost. I stand here tonight trying my best to position myself in this hour. I I do my best to be humbled for I'm a nobody. But I know about His goodness and I know about His mercy. It was four years ago, this January, actually it would be five years. It's four and a half years ago I was working in Leesville, Louisiana. And I was on top of a trailer and on top of a ladder trying to pull a big banner down that we had used on a float for a parade. 
Somehow my feet slipped uh, and it was a little bit, uh, I guess the dew from the ground had stuck to my boots and I climbed the the trailer and I climbed the ladder and here I was uh, about 10, 11 feet off the ground and my feet slipped uh, and I went head first overboard grabbing a drill and trying to hold on to the ladder. I realized it was already too much. Uh, I was going over. So I tried not to fall on the ladder or the drill. So I threw them like this uh, and exposed my head to the ground, and I went head first into the ground. I should not be alive here today. I should not be able to even talk or much less walk. But I'm telling you about a God that is merciful. I'm telling you about a God that is good. And I cannot but speak the things which I have seen and heard. That my God is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. For we are standing... Between the Lord and the lost, John did his best to describe and validate and qualify or quantify his statements about Jesus. He said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then he tried to describe himself. He said, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light what John is saying in that moment he said I found my position I found my purpose and I found what I'm supposed to do I'm supposed to reach for him but I'm supposed to reach for the lost and I find my position in this hour I am now standing between him and the lost I'm not the light I'm not the light, but I bear witness of that light. I speak the things which I hear and see. In 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You were once in darkness, but now you've been exposed to the light. And what you do with what you've been exposed to means everything which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have mercy. And with that same mercy that you have received, extend it to somebody else. Extend that mercy to somebody else. For we all need somebody reaching for us that has what we need. We all find ourselves in that place that would you offer help? Would you give me help? I need something and somebody who has what you need comes along and says hey, let me tell you about Jesus. You don't have to deal with that addiction any longer. You don't have to suffer in your depression any longer. Let me tell you about a God that brought me out. Let me tell you about a God that helped me make it. Let me tell you about a God that is miraculous that serves in the miraculous that performs healings let me tell you 
For Jesus spoke the words on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You've got to be the light and you've got to be the salt. Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I find my position in these scriptures. I've got to love God, but I've got to love people. Because if I'm just serving and loving this direction, I'm not fulfilling the purpose or the position that God needs me to be in. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The lost that is desperately looking for something to fulfill or satisfy, or complete them. And we hang on Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, backing our bread truck up and getting exactly what we need for each week. And yet, sometimes God's saying, wait, why don't you leave your truck there just a little bit longer? I've got more I want to put in it because I got somebody you're going to run into on the job. I got somebody you're going to run into at school. I got somebody you're going to run into at the marketplace. I got somebody you're going to run into on the streets that needs that bread that you've been packing in and filling up with every Sunday and every Every Wednesday when you realize your position in this hour. I'm not coming to church just for myself. But I'm coming for the lost. I'm coming because God has given me something to give to somebody else. Because they've been looking for it. They just don't know how to get it. But then somebody comes along. I found what you've been looking for. I found the hope. I found the healer. I found the redeemer. And Jesus told Peter these words. When you are converted, strengthen the brethren. Peter, when you get a grip and when you get a hold and when things get right, they're not going to be perfect, but you can get them right. Peter, when you get that locked in, go ahead and reach for somebody else. Go ahead and become a conduit for somebody else that's been looking for hope. Go ahead and be a conduit for somebody else. I'm preaching right now. This entire church ought to be full, and I know it may just be a Sunday night coincidental with weddings, but there ought to be people that rise up. You know what? I'm not going to church by myself. I've got neighbors. I've got friends. I've got co-workers. I'm inviting everybody because I found what they've been needing in their life. When you get what you need, you got to let somebody else know. When we find a good restaurant, we tell everybody, thank God for social media, but it has been one of the greatest blessings slash curses. Because somebody posts on their restaurant, and what do we do? We want to go try it out. Then we either go broke or get fat, and I'm both. (laughs) 
That was free too. We put things out there where we find a good deal. We, we tell somebody about it. I, I, I love my wife to death, and I'm not precluding that or preluding that with anything that I'm about to say negatively. Close your ears, babe. She loves to shop at Goodwill. That's one of her places. She finds good deals. But here's what she loves to tell people even more. When they compliment her outfit, oh, I got this at Goodwill, $4. To me, that's an, I get a great blessing out of that. But she loves to tell people, hey, I didn't get this at Macy's or Dillard's. I didn't have to go somewhere else to find this. I went to Goodwill, got this deal, $4. And you know what? That piques an interest in them. You know what? Well, maybe I could find something at Goodwill. You know what? It could be the same exact thing. Man, you look a little bit different today. What's a little pep in your step? Well, I I found Jesus, and he's the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah, you ought to come to my church. Well, there's piques a little interest. Let me know about Jesus. Let me know about this healer. Let me know about this miracle worker. Tell me a little bit more about how he saved you. Tell me a little bit more about how he brought you out that we should show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness. For on your way to the Lord, there's always going to be a path by the lost. Everywhere you go, people you run into, people in the city, people on the job, you will come across somebody that is searching and looking for more in their life. As that lame man sat at the gate, beautiful Peter and John about to enter into the temple to go pray. On their way, God, I've got a date with you. I can't wait to visit with you. I'm going in here to pray. I'm going to bust chains wide open. I'm going to open doors in the supernatural. I'm going to see great things happen. Wait a minute. What, what is this right here? There's a lame man here. Wait a minute. He's asking for alms. Wait, I don't have that. Silver and gold have I none. But I've got a grip of heaven. I've got a hold of the hand right now of the man named Jesus. And let me be a conduit. And let me reach down and show you. You might be asking alms, but I've got something that's going to affect you for eternity. I've got something that's going to bless your life beyond the alms I may put in that cup. I've got the answer of what you're looking for. Go ahead in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. For we are in that position tonight. We stand between the Lord and the lost We stand between the Lord and the lost. He said, for I was hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Wait a minute, that puts a whole other perspective. I'm standing between the Lord and the lost. But if I refuse to reach for the lost, then do I really have a grip on Him? Oh, I'm faithful. 
I'm faithful. I'm faithful to church. I'm faithful in my giving. I show up every time the doors are open, bless God. Wait a minute. I'm not reaching. If I'm not putting myself in position to stand between the Lord and the lost, am I really doing what He's called me to do? It's not just for ministers in a pulpit. It's not just for those that may be good with words. But it's for each and every body. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power to be a witness. And that means you open your mouth. Let me tell you about the goodness of God. Let me tell you about His mercy. Because I don't deserve it, but I got it. Something clicked in Peter that day. He said, greater works than these shall you do. He remembered those words. I'm going to be able to do greater works. Billy Graham stated in 2006, 85% never invite anyone to church. And 95% never win anyone to Christ. How can we have the greatest revelation And not tell one person about it. How can we become so complacent? Wait, no, no, my family, we show up faithfully. Okay, all right, my wife, my my son, my daughter, we're all here. We're at church. Okay, that's good. What'd you learn at Sunday school? Okay, we'll work on that. And go home and be fine. That I didn't talk to one person about his goodness and about his mercy. We get so caught up talking about the negative things of the world and the politics going on around us. But wait a minute, that's not what the world's wanting to hear. They're wanting a way out. They're looking for a way of escape. And the church has the answer. I'm going to share with you for a moment the five hows of evangelism, which are found in Romans chapter 10. Musicians can prepare to come. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings. Of good things. How, 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 and how. I was moving our treadmill the other day in our back room. I got workout equipment for free. I guess somebody said I need to try that. So I was moving this treadmill, a very heavy treadmill, barefooted. And I thought I could do it on my own because you may not be able to tell under all this clothing. I'm pretty muscular. 
But I was moving this treadmill. And my big toe got in the way of the treadmill. That wasn't part of the plan. And I smashed my big toe on that treadmill. It's so big it makes Tweety Bird's head look small. And that was painful. And as a parent, you know, when your kid gets a a hurt, you want to kiss that hurt. Well, I asked my wife to kiss it and she wouldn't do it. She wasn't going to give in to that kind of pressure. It's amazing to read that scripture. How beautiful are the feet. You mean with this gigantic big toe that my wife won't even kiss to make it better? If I'm carrying the gospel that he looks at my feet and says they're beautiful. Because of the message I'm carrying, it makes a difference. The place you won't even kiss if you get a bobo. God says, you're carrying my gospel. Your feet are beautiful. You're delivering my message to the brokenhearted. You're taking my message to the poor. You're taking my message to the people in need. I don't care what everybody else thinks. Your feet are beautiful. They may be full of bunions and they may have corns all over them. But to God, they're beautiful. Because in that day, they wore sandals and they walked everywhere. And Paul said, I'm going to put one foot up and another one down. And I'm going to walk from city to city. I've got a gospel I've got to carry. I don't care what my feet look like to anybody else. I'm reaching the world with the gospel. They're beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Would you stand with me? Ezekiel showed up in this valley with dry bones. They were dead. They were lifeless. There seemed to be no hope in them at all. God asked, can these bones live? Ezekiel, uh, Lord, thou knowest. I don't know. It looks like a dead situation. Well, Ezekiel, I'm fixing to empower you to walk into that dead situation and bring life. Romans 8, 5 through 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, Ezekiel walked into a carnal situation and brought the Spirit. Ezekiel walked into a dead situation and brought life. You go to work on a daily basis and you think, man, there's no hope here. There's nobody that needs what I have. You haven't tried it yet. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Anywhere you go, a restaurant you visit, there's a waitress and a waiter that's serving you that may need something from God. You might as well put that nugget out there. 
Because Ezekiel walked into a dead situation. And at first, everything around him was very dry. But then it became an exceeding great army. You have the power to walk into a dead situation and bring life when you position yourself the way God intends. And that's between the Lord and the lost. I close this evening with those four lepers that said, We do not well. We're finding everything we need. But we do not well if we hold our peace. I ask you, Conroe United Pentecostal Church, will you hold your peace in this hour? This has been a week of sacrifice. And this is a mission service. And I ask you, will you catch a hold of the position that God's wanting you to be in in this hour? And that is to stand between the Lord and the lost. Because he said, if you take not up your cross and follow me, you have no part with me. So I want to show you your position in this hour. This now has become my cross. And I've got a God. I've got family members that every time I've tried to talk to them, they've had walls built up. And they, but I know there's somebody that can break through those walls and talk to them. And some of you may have those family members, but you got to pray, God, would you somehow send somebody that would answer, how shall they be sent? Oh, God. I don't want to just back my truck up and get the bread I need for my family. But I know there's somebody that needs more. My cup runneth over. Well, it's not just running over and going to waste. i got to get up next to somebody and let that cup run over onto them. And let somebody else know about His mercy. I open these altars tonight. Is there somebody... That wants to get themselves in position. Is there somebody that wants to come to this altar. And say God I want to be in my proper position in this hour. I need more of you. But I've got to reach. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I thee. Hallelujah. Is there somebody that wants to do what God's calling them to do? Is there somebody that wants to respond to His mercy and His goodness? Is there somebody? How beautiful are the feet. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Lord, use us. Oh, Lord, use us. Oh, Lord, use us. Oh, Lord, use us. We praise you. We love you. Use this body, Lord. Use this people, Lord. Use us, Lord. Use us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you now. You never know, but what at what moment a calling falls on a life when giftings are handed to an individual, when special anointings or dispensations are placed upon a family, you never know. And I never, I never want to nonchalantly look at any time that we gather. Oh, God, move on us. Oh, God, move in us. Oh, God, move through us. Use this people, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Day has been a wonderful day. This has been a magnificent week. I want to thank you, brother and sister Seton, for, for coming. I've not heard him preach in some time, but I date myself when I say this, but he's He's taken on the ring of his uncles and his grandfather, that Meyer ring. That, and I uh, appreciate that. I don't know where you went. I've lost you, Jamie. Okay. But uh, what a wonderful, wonderful time. What a wonderful day.